How are you doing? It's Sunday, March 10, and I am here with Mike, Mike Rocker Mike. I'm a little lumped up. I had a rough night last <laughs> night. Um, and we got a special show. Um, Mike, you want to give us a little info of what we're going to talk about today? Okay. Uh, well, Rob, I want to thank you because you're giving me an opportunity to talk about somebody that's kind of a, a good friend of mine, but but also an unsung hero in the the rock and roll scene here in New York for many years. Uh, his name was Rick Rivets. Mm-hmm. He was a founder of the New York Dolls. Uh, sadly, he, he passed away about three weeks ago, but uh, you know, I'd like to have an opportunity to just talk about his career a little bit. Um, basically, Rick uh, was a Queens guy. He went to Van Buren High School, and um, he started uh, a high school band with Arthur Kane. Arthur Kane ended up being in the, in the Dolls also as the bass player. Um, they were in some high school bands. They, uh, they were always uh, into music, especially Rick. Rick played a lot of different instruments growing up. Um, and they were always on the lookout to start like a band that was you know, kind of what they were into, which was the Yardbirds, um, the Stones, the early Beatles, emphasis on the early Beatles. Yeah, early Beatles. Right? <laughs> and um, basically, the, you know, they were just ahead of their time a little bit as as teenagers and people just out of high school for that time. Um, basically, uh, the, the, the seeds of the dolls kind of got started in uh, 1971. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, well, Arthur Kane. Right. right. Arthur Kane and, and, and Rick and a guy named Sparky Donovan. Yeah. Okay. On drums. And they were jamming around, figuring out different things. Um, nothing really was coming together, but they were practicing. And some of the sounds that became what the, the dolls were, were known for started there. Um, it really all came together when they ran into a, a guy who was a fixture on the, the, the scene here. He was known at the Fillmore. He was known... Uh, uh, anywhere on the Lower East Side, his name was Johnny Gonzali. Now, we all know him as Johnny Thunders. Johnny, okay? Johnny Thunders. And Johnny was, uh, he was a guitarist, he played bass. Uh, at the time, he wasn't really playing with anybody. He was known for his look, okay? And he was going under the name of Johnny Volume at that Johnny point. Johnny Volume. Okay. What a great name. Yeah, fantastic <laughs> all name. these guys have great names. Yeah, I know. Uh, you just don't see that anymore yeah. in the music. But, um Johnny had a friend named Sylvain, who we all know ended up being in the Dolls in later. Dolls, and yeah. he, Sylvain was living in the UK, and he had a little clothing company, and he was he was sending Johnny back all the cool British clothes that nobody could get here. Yeah. So you know everybody knew Johnny from this area just from the way he looked. He had black teased out hair. It was like Keith Richards on steroids. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean just black teased out hair, really long, a, a look that nobody had. And if you want to see that look, watch the Gimme Shelter movie, the Stones uh, concert movie yeah. from '69. They're playing in the garden. You could see Johnny. I think it's during Satisfaction when they're doing that. Practically in the front row, jumping around. He's wearing like I think a red leather jacket, and his hair is teased out. It's totally him. Oh my okay? god. <laughs> anyway. Um, it all came together one day, uh, legend goes, that Arthur and Rick were hanging out in the West Village and they were in Rick's VW van. And uh, being the juvenile delinquents they were, 
they were stealing a motorcycle. <laughs> okay? And they, they were putting the bike into the back of the van. It was over by Cornelia Street behind the old Waverly Theater that is still there. And um, when they drove off on Cornelia, right at Bleecker Street right there, they ran into Johnny. And Arthur was like, hey, that's that guy we always see. Let's talk to him. And they didn't know his name. They just, the guy that you always they saw in the area. Saw in the yeah, yeah. Look, look, look cool. So they asked him, do you play in a band? And he said, yeah, you know. Well, it turned out, uh, you know, he said, I play guitar. And, and, and Rick was like, yeah, we're, we're putting something together. And he's like, where do you live? And he says, oh, I live right over on First Avenue between 9th and 10th. And Arthur lived around the corner from there between, on 10th between 1st and A. And Rick lived right practically over here on, on 1st between 2nd uh, and 3rd, I think. That's funny. They live right where the um, old village idiot and yeah. the old, uh, downtown uh, yep. Beirut. Downtown, I don't even think it was downtown Beirut. So it was probably an old man bar at an that old point. Man bar. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. And... Um, they, what they did in the beginning was they would go to Johnny's apartment and just kind of do things acoustically. And then eventually they started going into a, a studio. Yeah. And they found something. I think it was on the Upper West Side. And uh, uh, if you want to hear what that stuff sounds like, um, Rick Rivets, many years later in the 2000s, they put it out on CD called Dawn of the Dolls. You can still get it. Dawn of the Dolls. Dawn of the Dolls. You can still get it. And it was basically uh, Rick on guitar. Uh, originally, it was going to be Johnny on bass, believe it or not, and, and Arthur was playing guitar also. Yeah. But Johnny was a little guy, okay? Yeah. And he had a hard time carrying a, a big Rickenbacker, which is what he was using. Yeah. So he said to Arthur, would you mind switching with me? No problem, because Arthur was a tall guy. Yeah. So uh, they switched, and, and Johnny just, that became his, his thing. He was a guitarist at that point. So... Um, uh, they, if you listen to the Dawn of the Dolls CD, it, it really shows the beginnings of the New York Dolls. And you can hear the, the, the evolution of certain songs, um, the, the solos and the leads and stuff that ended up in different songs. It's kind of yeah. like, a, you know, the seeds of the Dolls is right there. Yeah, they were planted. They were getting yeah. ready to yeah. unleash this beats of a music machine that... People for years later that still talk about the New York Dolls even to well, today. They, I mean, they're one of the greatest bands ever. Um, but after a few months, uh, things started to get a little weird for Rick. Okay, because what was happening was um, they had a uh, the original drummer uh, didn't work out, so they got uh, this guy Billy Billy Mercia, and uh, also known as Billy Dahl. And uh, so it was Billy Dahl, Arthur. Johnny and Rick and Johnny was doing the vocals at that point yeah and Sylvain Johnny's friend came back from England and was kind of hanging out with them when they were practicing and things like that and Rick started to realize that you know Sylvain also being a guitar player and had played in some stuff with Johnny in the past and Billy in the past he was kind of like making eyes on moving into the band of course okay and I mean, these things happen in bands um but it started to get a little tense, and uh, also Johnny at that point didn't want to do vocals anymore, so he brought in David Johansson to be vocalist. Rick was dead set against this. Uh, it was just something right away he knew wasn't going to work, at least the way he saw the band, the way it should be, the vision he had of the Dolls. So um, they were still together. Sylvain wasn't playing in the band, but he was hanging around, and Johansson became the singer. And uh, one day, 
they, uh, they were in a recording studio. And back then, the recording studios were always worried about getting their stuff ripped off, getting their shit oh, yeah. stolen by the bands on the way out. So what, they, what this place used to do was they would lock them in for, the, for whatever hour or two hours they were going to practice. And uh, one day, they're in, they're in the studio, and, and Rick goes out to smoke a cigarette, and he realizes the gate's open. The guy didn't lock them in. And he looked outside, and there was a wedding at this hotel across the street. And uh, he went over there, and it was, it was uh, actually a, a, a black people's wedding. And uh, he asked them, do you guys need a band? And they said, well, we don't have one yet. You know, what do you play? And he's like, oh, we do blues, Bo Diddley, you know, whatever you want, yeah. you know. And, and they said, yeah, sure. So Rick goes back inside. He tells everybody they, they, uh, there's a gig across the street. Let's go do it. They take all the shit out of the studio. Okay? <laughs> they walk across the street and they play this wedding. Okay? And they had a great time. And so here, you know, it was the early dolls at this wedding and they were, you know, they were eating soul food, chitlets and, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? <laughs> and, and they were having a great time. And uh, it was the only gig ever of that lineup. Okay? Because right after that, Sylvain moved in and Rick was gone. All right. He really kind of lost interest also uh, because of what he was seeing was happening. He was losing control yeah. of what he wanted to do. So how long, how long was he in the, how long were those guys together before he decided? Like two years, three years? No, 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 no. It was months. months. It was like maybe from, you know, the summer of 71 to early 72. Yeah, because then he went on to start another band, which was, um, let me look at my notes over here. In 1973, he started The Brats. How did yeah. that get started? Okay. Um, well, you know, he was always ready to play no matter what. So he, after leaving the Dolls, he, he started The Brats. Um, they were jamming for a while. They, he got his old friend Sparky Donovan to play drums. Um, it was... Uh, um, a guy named Keith West on vocals, okay? And it got started in a couple of different ways. There used to be a record store in Queens called Music Box. It was on Union Turnpike right near the St. John's University. Jesus Christ, I kind of remember that. Uh, not sure. It might have been gone by, by the early well, 80s. I, remember, I don't remember. I remember it. that name, Music Box. People talk about... Famous record stores? It yeah. Was, yeah, and, it was. And it was I like mean, one of those that... The Music Box, because that name is very like... It, it has been in songs... Maybe Meet me in maybe, the music box. Maybe, maybe. Like some I mean, weird I, I, shit like I wouldn't that. be surprised because I, even like Paul Stanley from Kiss yeah. used to hang out there. Yeah. Okay. And um, basically, you know, this is this was Rick's place where he used to get records. Yeah. And uh, it was back in the day when you know you had to order imports and all that stuff. I mean, I remember ordering imports. You know, from, from that store, not from there. not from there, but from record stores that had catalogs. Say, all right, I don't have it in. I'll give you ten bucks. Get it. I'll give you the rest when it comes in. You know, like that kind of thing. Okay. But uh, Keith West, who became the vocalist to the Brats, worked there, and um, so the band kind of got centered around the music box. Um, but it didn't have a name yet. The band didn't have a name, and um, the Maxis scene was going strong, and and Rick was a, a, a regular there. One night, uh, he was hanging out with another regular there named Alice Cooper. Okay, and you know, Alice was a regular there in the early 70s, um, known for some crazy antics that were going on at the time. And one day, uh, the, the Brats, before they had a name, were sitting at a table and, and they asked Alice, you know, what should we name our band? And he said, well, you know, you act like a bunch of brats. 
<laughs> so why don't you call yourself the Bratz? And it just stuck. It stuck. Okay. So they became the Bratz, and within a couple of months, they were they were playing with the New York Dolls. Okay, at the Hotel Diplomat and some other gigs. Uh, they were also regulars at the Coventry in Queens, which was a, a hot spot. And that's how uh, Rick got to meet Kiss. Because right, Kiss became a, a regular band wow, there. So how many clubs? Are, the Queens used to have a lot of clubs. They, they, they don't, they don't have that you had, many. You had Coventry, you had Lemoore's East later on. I mean, that was a place I used to go to. Uh, Queens is always... I mean, look, I mean, the Ramones were from Queens. There's always been a, a great rock and roll scene in Queens. You had, um, in the 60s, it was the Vandals, uh, the Shangri-Las were from Forest Hills, oh like God, the Ramones. Yeah. You know, all, a lot of stuff came from Queens. Yeah, that's, a, that's amazing. Right. Holy shit. So the Brats started playing. The Brats were with the New York Dog playing concerts and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, um, how long did the Brat last? How, how long well, did this... the, the Brats lasted a long time, but Rick sadly didn't last too long with them. Even though he founded the band, he only lasted about three or four years. Um, what was happening was there was a lot of egos in that band. Yeah. Okay. And like a lot of bands are. And there was some lineup changes. Um, eventually, they got a guy uh, you might know named Scott Sheets on guitar. Yeah. And um, the, the, the sound kind of changed a little bit. Uh, Rick was relegated to rhythm guitar at that point. Uh, their edge was kind of becoming more poppy. He wasn't happy. Okay. With that sound. Um, you know, if if you listen to the early stuff like Quailu Queen or Be a Man, yeah, and then there's stuff later called Candy Rock, you yeah. can see there's a little bit of a difference. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. changing. And um, uh, Scott Sheets actually ended up leaving the Brats um, to join Pat Benatar's band, and Jesus he played he played with he played with her for I think about three three years or so something like that first couple albums yeah and anyway so Rick you know he left the band in the summer of seventy seven and uh, so he the, worked there for a while yeah about, for about four years yeah. yeah and he went on at that point uh, he got Arthur Kane who wasn't doing anything yeah. because the dolls were done at that point and uh, he started the Corpse Grinders Corpse Grinders yeah was I was going to ask you yeah. how how was that well. Um, you know, the Corpse Grinders were like a different kind of thing than what he was doing before. They, they, they had this horror vibe going. They used to wear like horror makeup a little bit and wear black and all that stuff. And they had like, a, uh, I don't want to say they were like the cramps. They weren't as like rockabilly, but, but they, they were more punk. But they had very interesting, very interesting sound. You had Arthur Kane on bass. Rivets on rivets on guitar. Um, uh, Arthur would eventually leave after a couple of months because he wanted to play with Jerry Nolan from the New York Dolls in the yeah. Idols. In the Idols, okay. And you know the Corpse Grinders played the scene for a while. They did, they did a lot of gigs. Um, one of the more famous ones was uh, they played the Johnny Blitz uh, benefit at CBGB's. Yeah. Okay. That was uh, in April of '78. Johnny Blitz was in the Dead Boys. Yeah, okay? the Dead Boys, yeah. Right. And uh, one day he was in a bodega down here and he got into it with somebody and the guy stabbed him a bunch of times and he almost bled to death in the fucking bodega. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so he was banged up. He was hurt. Um, and they did a benefit for him. And if I remember right, I think it might have been over two days. But uh, a lot of bands played. I think over 30 bands played. And... Uh, 
Rick used to talk about it all the time because in in the studio, I mean the uh, excuse me, the dressing room at CBGB's, if you want to call it a dressing room, it's like a little room in the back. Yeah, it's like okay, a fucking... yeah, a little shithole in the back. Yeah, um, he they shared a dressing room with uh, John Belushi. Oh my okay. God. <laughs> yeah. the, the Dead Boys actually were tight with, with John Belushi. He used to go up on stage and jump around with them and shit all the time. And uh, when, when the Corpse Grinders were hanging out, uh, uh, Stu Boy, the singer, um, was just doing, and he was, this guy was a character on his own. But, but between him and Belushi, they were telling jokes back and forth, and it was hilarious. So that was one of the more famous uh, Corpse Grinders gigs. Um, Later on, Rick started the Slugs in the 80s. Uh, they would play places like uh, my father's place in Roslyn, yeah. okay, which was like a cool kind of roadhouse-type bar place that had bands. Um, I remember seeing the Ramones there, Joan Jett there. Uh, it was gone for a long time, and now it just came back, that, that place. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they just opened it, uh, I think, last summer. It's in the Roslyn Hotel. It's a little bit more upscale. But it's the same guy, uh, Epi is his name, and he's he's on he's running the place, and and he owned the old one, and uh, he's having bands, and I think the first gig that night was David Johansson, the first time it reopened. Wow, David Johansson, yep. Um, that but that that benefit that they did, imagine all the egos in that fucking. Oh Back in backstage, yeah. all these guys talking, they're all like hard probably, rock probably, and right, like, right, probably fighting over the shitty dressing right. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that that was a lot. That was a lot of bands and a lot of eagles, and that, that, I think that's what happened with most bands and most um, music. They, they the eagles get so big that the guys get to the point that they think they're bigger than the band and they want to yeah. go play with somebody yeah. else. Yeah, I mean, you know? I mean, you know. I don't want to badmouth people, but I mean, Rick was my friend, and yeah. I heard a lot of stories about the dolls. And, yeah. you know, I mean, he his attitude was like, you know, I didn't want to be David Johansson's backing band. Yeah. Okay, because that's how he treated the rest of the band. Yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. You know, that's that's what happened. Some guys, and, and, you know, you don't want to be just a backup, because um, Rick was a definitely, um, they call him an American guitarist, like one of the few American guitarists, because... How many guitars does America really, really have that are great? That's like a, not, not, if you really look, you don't have that many. Well, uh, it, there's plenty of American guitarists, but you know the American pioneering kind of yeah. sound. Uh, you know there aren't that many anymore. Not anymore. And, and you know, it's none. I mean, Rick was Rick was a founder in a band that you know the New York Dolls influenced many different genres. Yeah, not just the punk rock scene. Okay, you look at the hair metal scene yeah. in the in the '80s. Oh, yeah, okay, was... Motley Crue mostly. Okay, the most I would say, and you know, Nikki Six in his book, he says we wanted to be the New York Dolls. And if yeah, you if you look at a lot of shit, you look at you look at Nikki, you look at Nikki in like 1982. It's the cover of the the you know the, a Dolls album with he's thunder's got thunder's hat. You know, he looks exactly like him. Can I tell you something? I yeah. love that uh, album, Girls, Girls, Girls. The yeah. Monica, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was a great album. Yeah, I, you know, it's really the only album I really like for them. Mm-hmm, After mm-hmm. that, I thought the band was shit. I like the first album, which one? Like the one with Shout at the Devil and everything. Oh yeah, that, know, was that that was really good. I saw them a couple of years ago at, at Jones Beach, and they uh, they opened for Kiss, and uh, um, they were great. They were great, and and I think they did one more tour, and they were they were retired after yeah. that. But, but now Kiss is 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 retiring finally. 
finally. After That's what they're saying now. You never know with them. They might say they're retiring. I, I, I think back. it. I think it is. I think Stanley's the one that really doesn't want to do it anymore. That's the impression I get. Oh yeah. Yeah. How long can you do this shit for? Now you're seventy, can, 70 years old. Probably. Now everybody can be the Rolling Stones. You know, and play with it. They're going to be playing with a ninety years old. Talk about right. farewell to her. Right. I mean, you got to hang it up sometime. You do got to hang it up. Um. Well, uh, a lot of time I see these shows that they say like a uh, New York Dolls reunion. There's, there's nobody left. Who the well, hell are these people? The Dolls, the New York Dolls. Okay, uh, back in uh, in 2004. Yeah. Okay. You know Morrissey. He's yeah. the Smiths. He managed to get the Dolls back together for a concert in uh, in England, and it basically it was it was it was Johansson and Sylvain and Arthur. And the rest were other guys, okay? Um, they had a guy from a band called the Libertines. Uh, I forget who else they had. But um, it was going to be a one-off thing. I think they played the Royal Albert Hall in, in, wow. in London. And Arthur was ecstatic about it. Uh, you know, Rick and, and Arthur, would, even though they, they weren't in the same bands anymore, they still remained friends yeah. you know, all, all the, their lives. Arthur was ecstatic about getting the dolls back together. He lived to do something like that. He always wanted to, and they, they, never, they never could do it for many years. Finally, they, they did it, and uh, <laughs> sadly, you know, they did the one gig, and uh, Arthur gets diagnosed with leukemia on the same day he dies. Oh, my God. And they were supposed to play here in New York at the Little Stephen Underground Festival on Randall's Island. Yeah. Okay, it was a few weeks after the Royal Albert Hall show in England. And I had tickets for that. And uh, all of a sudden, Arthur's dead. Couldn't believe it. Wow. You know, it's sad. And there's a movie about this called New York Doll. Okay, uh, if you want to see it. It's a documentary that was being done about Arthur Kane when all this happened. So you can see how he's backstage at the, the, the Doll show, the reunion show. Um you know, you see a little bit of the gig and, and everything. And then at the end of the documentary, it just deals with the fact he suddenly dies. Wow. Yeah. That's an incredible story. Yeah. Um, um, let me answer that. What do you think of this new um, special that's coming out, the uh, punk on Epic? On, on the Epic's channel. Yeah. Um, I, think it, I think it could be good. Um, John Volvatos, I'm not a big fan of, but he's producing it. Uh, you know, he's saying they, they're doing it in a way that's never been presented before, the way they're showing that scene. So I'm, I'm curious to see it. Uh, you know, if they deal with everything right and they talk about the, the bands before, uh, the proto-punk bands, like, like the Dolls, like the Stooges, Alice Cooper, uh, and, you know, hey, maybe they'll mention the Bratz. I don't know. Yeah. You know, but uh, it, it, it probably is, I think it's four parts, right? Yeah, it's like, like, it's like, a, like a, I think it'll probably be like an hour to two hours, yeah. maybe. I can see that it, coming. It, there was already a little controversy with it, right? Yeah. With the whole thing with Johnny Rodden and... Um, Marky Ramon. And Marky Ramon, yeah. They, 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 they put some stuff up. I, I, I send you the link on Yeah, yeah. On it, that if, it, if, if everybody out there, if you want to look at it, I think it's on YouTube by now. Yeah. And um, basically, uh, it's like... Johnny Rodden and then Marky Bell and Marky Ramon are talking about, you know, who started punk and they're arguing and shit. And, it, you know, it's crazy. So um, any upcoming um, stuff you got this week? 
Well, it's a little bit of a slow week because we got St. Patty's coming up next weekend. So um, one thing I want to mention this week is on the 15th is over at Otto's on 14th Street is uh, DJ Ryan Midnight with his ska show. I'm a big fan of ska music, so uh, check that out. He'll be DJing that. Um, also, on the 22nd, you still got the Kiss Show. I mentioned that last week. That's at Nassau Coliseum coming up. And on the 23rd is uh, Holly Flanagan from the Cro-Mags. He's playing Blackthorn 51, doing like a Cro-Mags 30th anniversary, I think, kind of thing. Um, also, I want to mention um, April 14th over at Niagara. Um, there's a free show. Now, for all you from down here, you know Niagara it used to be A7 back in the day, and it was a, a place where all the hardcore funk bands used to play. Um, it's kind of like a reunion of A7 uh, bands. Uh, the Undead are playing. Uh, Bobby Steele is still out there doing his thing, and it's the 30th anniversary of the Act Your Rage album, and The Undead will be doing the entire album from beginning to end um, as part of the set as well as other favorites. Um, also, uh, if you remember Rapid Deployment, they were a great hardcore band. They're reuniting for that show. Um, that's about it right now uh, as far as uh, as what's coming up, Rob. I'm also I'm going to the Weezer and, um, and, uh, Pixies. and Pixies show on March 12th. Okay. So they should be good. Yeah, let me know uh, how that is. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I, like, I like the Pixies and I like, and I like Weezer. Yeah, I thought the first album. Then the first, the, the first like was it the blue the, album, the, yeah, right? Yeah, and, the and, Red and Sox. The, the, well, the one with Hash Pipe, yeah. or, or the green one, right? Yeah. That one's not bad. Um, and uh, the Pixies are good. They they were they were definitely. Yeah, that's a cool I band. seen them a few times. Yeah, so. I, I saw them once back in the day. They were they yeah. were really good. So um, let's wrap this up. And okay. um, great show. Yep. Thank, Thank you for you. all the information. No problem. About Rick's life and um. I think on uh, the next show, we're probably going to do talk a little bit about punk and talk a little bit about the Ramones. Definitely, A little definitely. bit of the history of the Ramones, because okay. that's, that's something we could go on and on. Oh, so, yeah. That, that can go do hours on that. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we're going to do like a two-part, three-part special on the Ramones. And remember, people, don't get drunk, get, get lumped up. up. Let's do a show. Did I talk too much? No, that's fine. We covered everything. Pretty much everything I wanted to.